Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or go online to donahueaccountingservice.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we are back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 5-0 after recently defeating Georgia Tech 89-54. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, it was an impressive performance, man. I mean, they were balling. I know it seems like it was so long ago with the holidays and everything mixed in with it. But, I mean, the second half... Well, I guess they had a little lull in the first half, a little bit at the beginning. But when they got hot, it was crazy. And, uh, man, the second half, I don't think they missed for like six minutes or something. It was something crazy. Like, and I'm, I'm not looking at the stats right now, but, I mean, it felt like it watching it. And, um, it, it was crazy. The shooting display, I mean, everybody just started chipping in. It was just wild. But uh, it was good to see Aziz play. Um, you know, you could tell he was winded because um, he had to play a little bit because Vic got in foul trouble. But at the same time, he almost slapped up a double-double in 21 minutes in his first game. So that was beautiful to see and just to see the fans, you know, show him that love on his first, you know, first points and first blocks. And when he, you know, checked in, that was that was great to see. You know, JT, I said during the game when Aziz came in after, I don't know, five minutes, I yeah. said to uh, my buddy that went with me, I said, Aziz didn't change this game. He just changed our season. Man, I I 100% agree. Because just look how they were able to use Vic because of it. He was picking and popping more. You know, he still can get dirty in the paint. But it just made the defense look so much more formidable, you know, because you got that guy that can guard people outside and he can clean up the glass and throw stuff to the fifth fifth row. So it just – it's just so great. You know what I mean? You just saw the difference immediately. Just, I think it gave everybody confidence. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see Aziz adapt to the game more and more, get his win, get some more minutes, and just see him being an integral part of this basketball team. Now, Neil, your thoughts on the performance? Yeah, I think the performance was great. I mean, the second half, I mean, at 32 at the halftime, and then next thing you know, within six minutes into the second half, it's a 30-point blowout. And it's like a 30 – I think the biggest run at one point was like 30-2 to two or 35-2, to two, which is crazy. That's crazy. But I think the biggest thing that changed that game was just – I think it was about four minutes in. You could see the momentum change when Coach Miller walked down the bench, tapped his ease and said, come on, big fella, you're going in for the first time. I think that was the moment that changed because you saw everything. You saw what it meant to Coach Miller after the stance he had for Aziz. And then not even 45 seconds in, Aziz gets his first points, catches a lob, and then comes down the other way and sends a block straight to Calhoun Street. So, I mean, just the way he impacted the game, not only there, but as this season goes forward, obviously you talk about how it's a big impact for the season. 
But just to see him get the reaction from fans, the support was awesome to see. But then on top of the scoring night, I mean, the second half run, I mean, CJ Frederick was held to just, I believe, zero points again in the first half. And then he comes out the second half, lights it up for his, I believe he finished with 11, three quick threes. Victor Lockin, I mean, let's talk about him. 15 points off from behind the arc. Came in the post-game press conference playing ski which was hilarious. But overall, I thought Victor Lockin had arguably the best game of his career. And, I mean, people got to see what we've all been seeing this offseason with his ability to shoot the three ball. So, overall, there was a lot of good things to see in that Georgia Tech matchup. Well, Neil, you mentioned uh, the halftime lead was 40-32. to 32. Uh, I think we finished the second half, 49 to 22. Um, my Roger Bacon math tells me that's a 27-point uh, win there in the second half. So that's impressive to me because sometimes you get up in games like that and you just kind of settle. It felt like the Bearcats just kept putting their foot down on this basketball team, forcing Georgia Tech into 19 turnovers. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been waiting for, those 19 turnovers. That's got to continue. If this Bearcat basketball team can continue to push teams to 19-plus turnovers a game, we're going to win a lot of basketball games and a lot of basketball games big. And we were under 10 turnovers. We only had six turnovers. Think, think about this, fellas. We forced 19. We only had six. I mean, that, that's that's huge, JT. Oh, for sure, man. That's what, that's, where, that's what kind of lifestyle you want to live on a basketball court, <laughs> especially if you're a team that's forcing a 19, right? Because that means you're getting more shots at the goal. Even if you're cold, at the end of the day, you're going to get hot enough. You're going to go on some kind of run, and you see what they did when they did go on a run. But if you get that many more attempts on a goal, that means they're probably getting bad shots when you're not stealing the ball. And you got them playing real uncomfortable. And that's I think that's what I think happened, you know, when they played Georgia Tech. So, I mean, it, it was a good, good sign to see how they play defense. Yeah, and, you know, I'd mentioned on the last podcast that uh, Simas needed to change his shoes. And guess what? He came out, different pair of shoes. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't even – you know what? I was, I, And I meant to talk to him about that, and I didn't even talk to him about it. And uh, he ended up changing those shoes. So it was good <laughs> to see Simas do some good things. Um Good to see CJ, like you said, Neil, with 11 points in the second half. Always great to get the walk-ons in the game. That's that's when you know things are going very, very well. Walk-ons in the game, trying to get walk-ons, Chase and and uh, Landon to score, CJ to score. That that that's that's when it's a good sign. Now, Neil, we got to give a shout out. Please tell the Bearcat fan our audience. We have a big-time fan of the podcast, Coach Andre Morgan's father. Yeah, man. Coach Morgan's father listens to every episode of our podcast. He always talks about the podcast. We always go over each result with it. This week, he made it sure to shout out our guy, JT, for being right on his predictions of Simus Lukosius as being the player to watch in the Georgia Tech game, or the NKU game. So shout out to Coach Morgan's father. He is an awesome supporter, and we appreciate him checking out the podcast. But overall, he's just a genuine guy who loves basketball. I mean, if you run into him at a game, he is never sitting, and he is into the game just as much as any other Bearcat fan. 
So we have to give a special shout out to Coach Mo, uh, Coach Morgan's father. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to him a little bit after the game. Big George, Big George Morgan, man, good dude. Uh, very passionate about the Bearcats. And it's just good to see him supporting his son. And um, JT, he was showing you a lot of love, man. Oh, that's my guy, man. That's my guy, man. He, yeah, we, we were talking. Like when I first met him, like I didn't know he was like listening to the pod. And he was like, man, you were on point. And I was like, for real? Like, you know what I mean? Like, which is cool. You know, like your coaches, a coach's dad's like, hey, man, you were, you're telling the truth. You know what I mean? So it made me feel good. But, um, just a down to earth guy, man. And you know me, I, I'll talk to anybody. So it's, it's all good. So, um, you know, you know, he always shows me love, man. I appreciate it, man. So Mr. Morgan, man, hopefully, you know, when you listen to this one, man, hopefully I'm, I'm legit today as well. <laughs> we will see here. We got some, we got some segments to cover. I know, man. You know, it's a lot of pressure, man. You got coaches, dads and stuff checking out and letting you know what's going on, but you know, at least we're doing, doing them proud. Right. Hey, <laughs> T, I want to tell you this, and Neil, um, you know, Mr. Morgan listens, but we've got players on the Bearcat team that listen to the podcast. And there, there are so many Bearcat fans. Our numbers continue to grow. When I'm in the stadium, I know where you guys sit. You're kind of separated from the fans a little bit, but I walk around the arena when I go to my seats and there are quite a few people that listen to it and uh, talk to me about it and just always talk about some of their favorite moments on the podcast. So shout out to everybody for uh, keeping this podcast going. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate all the support from all the Bearcat fans, everyone who's listening to, uh, listening to the episodes, the podcast. Continue to rock with us because we've got a lot of great things coming. So we appreciate all the support. Now the Bearcats play Howard tonight at 7 p.m. in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who are you looking forward to watching from the Bearcats? Man, see, I, I'm not going to take the one that everybody's going to say. Um, Aziz, right? <laughs> but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up, man. I'm going to go... On, it's the first road game. I want to see how Day-Day Thomas handles a non-fifth-third non, uh, arena crowd. Because, you know, he's the guy that controls – he's the guy that has the keys to the car right now. So him um, and then I guess the, the – mm, I would say him and Jizzle um, kind of as a combo. I want to see how they handle a non-fifth-third arena crowd. It'll be their first one. So I want to see that. Um and Dede has been doing great all year. I think he'll be fine, but I just want to see. It's not really about the points for me. I just want to see how he does on the turnover side and assists. Um, just to, you know, against Howard. That's all. That's all I want to see. And this is a great game for those two guys because you're playing a road game, and it, and it's against an opponent. You know, no disrespect to Howard, but it's not like you're going at Houston with this game. You're yep. at Howard, so. You can afford to make some mistakes and learn from them. And this is going to be great for those guys moving forward. As we've said this before on the podcast, as we prepare for January 9th, it's January 9th, right? BYU? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're, we're, we're getting ready for that Big 12 play. And this is another step closer to that. Now, Neil, who do we need to watch out for from Howard? Yeah. So Howard is three and four on the season and they suffered a, Tough nail-biter loss to Georgia Tech, 88-85. to 85. 
And obviously, we just discussed the Bearcats blowout versus Georgia Tech. So that is something to keep an eye on. But for players to watch for Howard University, we have to talk about junior point guard Bryce Harris. He leads the team in scoring, averaging nearly 17 points a game. He's the guy who kind of makes things go for Howard. But we also have to talk about a guy who's in his eighth year of college basketball in Seth Towns, who recently just got granted eligibility by the NCAA and has now played in four games for Howard. And in those four games, he is averaging nearly 16 points and eight rebounds. Neil, hold on, hold on. Neil, Neil, hold on. Wait, wait. So he just became eligible? Yes, he's only played in four games this season. What was he – so wait a minute. He's been in in college – Eight years? Yeah, he was in Jason Tatum's class, if that gives you any idea of how long he's been in college basketball. Yo, this is this is <laughs> so I, I heard he was he was in college for, for a while, but I, I just couldn't process. So how has he how has he been in college eight years? Um I mean so two years of the eight were medical red shirts. Medical red shirts. So he got season ending injuries. Okay. And- caused two so he had two medicals and then he had the typical red shirt year and then he was a covid year so he got the covid year on top of it so he was a two-time transfer which led to him being just now eligible but the reason they just now granted him eligibility was since he transferred to howard last season he sat out a year after leaving ohio state so he had already sat out his year which basically led to him getting immediate eligibility that's crazy and he's averaging 16 points and eight rebounds for Howard this season. So, and I mean, if you're looking down at his resume, I mean, this was a guy who was once one of the highly touted players in the portal during the COVID, right before the COVID season. I mean, he was a 2017 to 2018 Ivy League Player of the Year, AP All-American, honorable mention. So this is a guy who's been able to put up some big numbers, have a good college career itself but since he transferred to Ohio State and has battled injuries his career has taken that kind of decline but now that he's at Howard he's been balling through the first four games so I'm very curious to see how he handles versus a very talented UC team tonight in Washington DC but overall his ability to score the ball is huge I mean he's six foot nine he's a big guard loves to rebound so he's one of those guards who's going to give a lot of teams trouble throughout this season well, shit, he's 39. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and he went to high school with JT. Man, he like, might have. We got to think he, he, has played longer, he has played longer than DeAndre Williams of Memphis. And we gave DeAndre Williams some trouble last year when we talked about, oh, this guy has been in the league for seven years. Like, he just applied for his seventh year and got denied. We were over there giving on DeAndre Williams a hard time for playing seven years. Heck, Seth Towns got him beat for eight years. He got an eight ball. He like that one football player. Who did he play for? That one football player played that Miami tight end where he just kept applying for a red shirt and getting it. Yeah, man, I that this is this is crazy. I mean, I'd heard he'd been in college for eight, but I wasn't sure if it was actually actually true and like kind of the breakdown of it. But that's yeah, like three years at Ohio State, and two of them he was injured. And then he spent four years at uh, or three years yeah. at at a Harvard and then here we are back at a back at Howard like back in the college legends he was at Harvard yeah yeah he was at Harvard where he was Ivy League player of the year in 2017 
man. Well, like, hey, he was putting up buckets back back he's that smart. year, Meech. Like he was smarter than all of us. He's smarter than all of us because he's oh, got for sure. He's got this figured out, man. Hey, he's he's like, he sure does got this figured out, Meech. He's like Van Wilder. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Van Wilder. He Van Wilder with the degrees, though. He got the degrees. I give him that. Good, good, good for him. And you know what? Listen, I'm not even going to criticize the young man because I'm I'm so critical of the of the NCAA. Like any, yeah. any anybody that can work the system and hoop and get a degree and and hopefully go on and do good things. Hey, good good for Seth Towns, man. Good yeah, good luck for him. Sure. You know, I'm 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 so disappointed in the NCAA and how they handle things. So when you get a young man like Seth Towns, who's 39 years old, still he's the system, baby. <laughs> man, he he's been around since <laughs> he took man. he took Oscar Robertson on his recruiting visit. <laughs> hey, he need he need a, a teacher to say f the system. <laughs> Seriously, like hey. More guys like that, more more power, more power to them, man. For hey, sure. hey, Neil, I got something for you. Go on to uh, Howard's website. <laughs> this is gonna be a weekly thing, Coach. You know what? We're talking about this. Coach Morgan actually complimented me on this. Coach Morgan's father actually complimented me on these pronunciations the other night. So Ooh, there's a couple good ones on here too. Hold on. Uh, all right, go, Neil. Get on the website, and we're starting. Right, I'm with, there. I'm number there. eleven. Number eleven. Ose Okoji. Mm. Number 14. Ayo Dele Tewo. That's the one that gave me trouble right there. <laughs> hey, JT, this has got to be, this almost has to be a segment in itself. Hey, how do you do no, number 40? How do you say number 40's last name? AJ McBegger. That's mm. where I'm going with. Man. Man. He's from Australia. Hey, I, I'll give it to you. Hey, that one got me. That's that's been the first one in a year and a half that stumped me. Yeah, that was a tough one. Hey, I I I'll give it up to you, man. I I could. You know what, Neil? I'm gonna bring you out next year. Um, I run a bas. I, I run seven basketball camps <laughs> in the summer, and <laughs> one of the camps there are a ton of international kids at the camps, um, because it's in the summer. Uh, for whatever reason, some of them come in town, and I'm telling you, they give me a roster. I cannot pronounce half these kids' names. They end up laughing. I'm bringing you in, Neil. You're gonna help me out with roll call. Just one day. Just one day. I'm I'm serious. Like there are kids from all around the world, India, uh, Dubai. I mean, all around the world. It, it is crazy. I gotta bring you in. So okay, here's my here's my player to watch uh for the Bearcats, Dan Skillings. So I'm going with Dan this game. <clears throat> I just think with his athleticism, uh his energy, I think this is gonna be his type of game. Um, and you know, I, I think Dan, we've talked about this before, his potential. I think he's turning that corner. I still see him making some mistakes on the court that is just a result of just having not played enough. And, he, you know, what I'm saying like he's still still learning almost like those freshman and sophomore mistakes. Yeah. And so I, I think we're just going to have to, you know, watch the progression of Dan making mistakes and getting better and learning and learning. I think he's in a good space, man. I just I just love where he's at. JT, this has been your guy um, from day one. Um, and I, I think this is a game where where he's going to not only and when I talk about a player that's going to play well, 
it's not always the points. Like, I think he'll score, but I think he'll do a lot of things to impact the game. Yeah, I can see that. Because, like, even, like, what was so impressive about the Bearcats' victory against Georgia Tech, not Georgia Tech isn't a world beat or anything by any means, but Dan didn't have any points into the second half. And he was came off his, you know, season high or career high, actually, with, what, 25, I think, the game before? 25 and 9? Yep. And he didn't have anything, and he didn't force anything, but he just got aggressive. When it came when he came in the second half, he got aggressive. But this team has, you know, like last year it was kind of because of the way it was structured, you knew who was going to – where the, you knew where the ball was going, who had to shoot and who had to be the ones that scored to be able to make this team win. No question. This year – they have so many people that can impact the game that it's like, especially with Aziz coming back, man, it just changes a lot of possibilities in my brain. And and, and wait till we get Jamil back. I, I'm telling you, we're going to get Millie back. Man, if that happens, dude. Watch dude. out. NCAA got to do the right thing, though, man. Like, just like Coach Miller says every time, like, what's the purpose? I just think that the NCAA, they have no rhyme or reason. So they'll you don't know when they're gonna get him back. I like I, I want him to get back at least by December, so then he could be ready for as long as he's ready for January. Yep. Nobody cares. I mean, yep. we care, but like I feel like they don't, I hope they don't cheat this young man to not be ready to play against the best competition in basketball, so he can show his best, put his best foot forward. Yep. Well, I'm 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 very confident, very very confident that. The University of Cincinnati and all those willing to help are prepared to make sure the NCAA does the right thing. I'm just going to leave it at that. Bad, bad. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Yeah, so the big I, old... believe, I believe in the, in the university right now when it comes to that. Yeah. Yep, I'm right there as well. Yep. The Big O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solution a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. Contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. And the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? I'm just going to say protect the ball. They're on the road. I don't know what kind of crowd Howard will have. I feel like Howard will have that gym rocking just because it's a lot of people there. Hopefully the young men are focused because it is Howard. Um so long as they're focused, I want them to be uh, protect the ball. That's, that's my main thing, protect the ball, and I think they'll be fine. You know, yeah, you, you made a good point, J.D. It's going to be interesting because I'm interested to see that crowd Howard has there. Yeah. Um, you know, a school like, you know, UC coming in, they haven't played each other, to my knowledge, at Howard ever. Yeah. Um, so it's a new kind of – Second new- game all-time at Howard. Oh, they played at Howard. They played at Howard before. I didn't know that. Wait, second what? game all time versus HBCU. First game at Howard. My bad. Okay, okay. I was gonna say. I was about to say, man. I would have known. I thought I yeah. would have known that one. And the last time they played was 2006 at home. 
Okay. I, 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 I was, I'm, I was almost positive they've never played at Howard, to my knowledge, unless it was like, you know, way, way, way back in the day. But, um, hey, man, you know how those HBCUs get, JT, man. They get rocking. The band starts playing, and yep. they got everybody dancing. So we, we can't let our guys see that and start getting caught up in that that hype. You know what I'm saying? That that yeah. the, the wrong energy. Yep. But, For hey, sure. it's, it's better than being at ECU on a – Wednesday night. Remember those hundred percent, And it's better for it's better senior for the for the guys. You know what I mean? Like no they're, gonna, they're gonna get to see some stuff that's a little bit better, a lot better than ECU. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They just can't let that distract them. That's what I'm saying. They gotta that's lock in. You know what I'm saying? Can't let the the dancers and people that shaking and grooving get them where they just trying to show off. They can't go out like Jordan Poole. No, no comment. Now, Neil. Um, <laughs> JT, I'm leaving alone. Now, right. Neil, now, Neil, common opponent, uh, Georgia Tech. We blew out Georgia Tech. So what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, to win big, I think we got to have another game like they had versus Georgia Tech where they keep the turnovers to single digits. If they can keep their turnovers to single digits and force – about the I'd say that 17 to 20 turnover range, I think there will be in good hands to win big. However, it's funny we talk about the ECU situation because there have you have you guys seen the picture of Howard's gym or no? Uh no picture of it. Well it's it's ECU all over again. Like it looks like obviously being an HBCU, it's like a smaller AAC school gym. It's right on top of you, you're packed. It's it's going to get rocking, but it's it's going to remind you guys once you see it on TV that this kind of looks like an AAC style gym. Well, well, hopefully there's more than 39 people there. Yeah, I'm just all I care about is this. I like I feel like it don't matter how big or how small the gym is if there's nobody in there. Like, yeah. hey, which one, I bet you I'm going to be jumping. Like it's going to be like they played be on the road. The ceilings might be. They played on the road in some smaller environments throughout the NIT, like Utah Valley was a smaller a smaller gym, didn't hold as many people. It's going to be one of those type of environments. But like we talk about, if they can limit the turnovers, dominate the glass, obviously getting Aziz back is huge in that effort. But they got to win the battle of the glass because this is a Howard team that averages nearly 40, 40 rebounds a game. So if you can limit your turnovers and create a lot of turnovers on the opposite end for Howard – and then win the battle of the glass, I think that's a huge opportunity to win big. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. All right, so we, we've talked about Howard being an HBCU. A couple of fun facts for you guys real quick. <laughs> Did you guys know that Howard is named after and was created by a guy named Oliver Otis Howard? Did you guys know that? Okay. Nah. He so Oliver Otis Howard was a white Civil War general from Maine, and he created Howard. He actually ran Howard. How about that? I had no that's, idea. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Most people, I'm getting ready to watch a documentary on him. Um, I kind of looked it up because I'm always fascinated with some schools. Like, how do they get their name? Who's it named after? Yeah type of things and i, I kind of read up on it. i'm gonna watch a documentary on it but can you guys name some notable alumni from howard 
JT, give me one. All right. I feel like ain't um Chad with Bozeman. Didn't he go there? Bing, 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 bing. You are correct. Yeah. They have a scholarship named after him actually there. I thought, I thought so. Yeah, I think it's in conjunction with Disney. I think it's like a sixty thousand dollar like okay. fund. I think that's it's in conjunction nice. with Disney, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. That's dope. Yeah, for sure. Neil. All right. I was looking at this early in the day. You're going to laugh, Meech. I know you're going to laugh because I said this. Wait a minute. You Nick, looked this up? Earlier in the day, I got curious, too. I was looking up, like, who's the famous alumni. But Nick Cannon graduated from Howard University. And if all if all of Nick Cannon's kids go to Howard, they'll be funded for the next 30 oh, years. for sure. They'll never go out of business. But like, I'm not 100% sure on this. But former Bearcat and current uh, – Chief safety Brian Cook transferred to UC from Howard. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, he did. Yeah. So you got to throw that out there as well. Former Bearcat tied to the University of Howard. Yeah. He's with the Chiefs now, right? Yep. yep. Got himself a nice Super Bowl ring last year, starting safety for the Chiefs. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yes, uh, sir. Molly Harris, vice president. She went to Howard. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. You're right. Yep. So, and that, that was a good one, Neil. Nick Cannon. He has, uh, Nick has 12 kids with six baby mamas. Good to be rich, man. That is, <laughs> well, he might not be for long because they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> he got control so far, man. As long as he ain't doing no pup daddy type stuff, he'd be all right. See, we're not even, see, you know what? I'm not even going to go there on Diddy. We're going to leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. All, all the people from my childhood. It's sad. They got so many skeletons. Bill Cosby. Did you see he got a – I hate to bring this – I shouldn't even bring this up on a damn Bearcat podcast. He got accused of rape from 1972? That 1972 is wild, man. There's no way. I don't even want to say nothing that, like – I'm not trying to be insensitive at all. 1972? Wow. Like, all right. Like, get me out the paint early. I don't want to – like, it's – Cause you know, I don't know about I don't know about you, JT, but Neil, I know you don't. You, you're you're too young for this, but man, the Cosby Show, man. That, I was just watching the Cosby. Like I'm, I'll be showing my kids the Cosby Show now, cause it come on TV one sometimes. It, they start it, putting it, it back on TV again. Well, it was such an impactful show growing up, man. There were so many gold nuggets watching that show, man, and then to see him go down, and then my favorite. Probably my favorite R and B person of all time is is singer. I, let me let me let me let me let me be very is R Kelly. Like I think R Kelly's the greatest R and B singer. But man, it's hard to even like admit it in public. Or you can't even play an R Kelly song. People look at you like, "Hey man, why are you playing that?" That's true, man. You know, this music starting to come back on the radio though now. They're playing R Kelly like on the old school station. Okay. Okay. I think I think it's sliding back, but it is bad. It is sad, man. Like every, everybody that's like had the juice, man, man. They got some crazy stuff with them. And you know, if Michael Jackson was still alive, people are, would be coming out the woodwork. Yeah, I'm man. So these, these young people got to be cool with social media, man, because now stuff can. It just, I mean, I ain't saying I'm not saying what they did was right or wrong. I'm just saying stuff's gonna pop up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Yeah, I, you know? I took us down a, a crazy road right there. I didn't even mean to do that, but let me. Yeah, man. Let, let me get. It was, it was my fault on. I, no, I think I might have led you. You brought up Diddy, and I you said Diddy. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so here are my thoughts on on the Bearcats winning. Um, I'd like to see the Bearcats uh, crush it on the boards uh, and score in the 90s, man. I, w- I want to see us get 90 points on the road. I think mm. if we can do that, that means a lot of folks are cooking. I think a lot of things are clicking together. And listen, this will be a good road test in terms of you know, getting out of your your home court comfort zone, right? So you've got like a routine at home, and they just had that comfort. Now you're totally out of that. You're on a plane. It's cold. All those things that factor in, shooting around at a different gym. So, you know, as a team, especially on the road, you always face some sort of adversity, right? So we will see what that adversity will be during this game and how they'll respond to it. So I'm excited. I'm actually really excited for this uh, for this road game. Yeah, and people forget like this is the only road game outside of the Cincinnati area because <laughs> they have the neutral site game versus Dayton down at Heritage Bank Center, and then they have the Crosstown Shootout. So this is a good test for the Bearcats, especially getting outside of Cincinnati after playing at home for nearly two months is what or in Cincinnati for roughly two months before you kick off conference play. So this is a huge opportunity for the Bearcats to get that road atmosphere under their belt before they head into the Big 12 conference play. I'll tell you what, that Dayton game is going to be tough, man. Dayton's tough. That's yep. going to be a fun, fun game. So I'm excited for that. We'll, we'll Obviously, we'll get into that soon when, uh, when that game comes around. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. All right, take a deep breath. Here we go. The Bearcat football team finished 3-9 and nine this season and recently suffered a 16-49 home loss at historic Nippert Stadium versus Kansas. And players are jumping in the portal left and right. Our hot topic is the state of UC football. Neil, give us a quick update on who jumped in the portal so far. Yeah, so it's, it's been a busy day. Obviously, for those who have followed us over at the front office news. We've been posting all the articles. This stuff goes by. It started with running back Miles Montgomery. Well, it started with Shaman Mateer early last week, but Shaman Mateer's jumped in the portal, the tight end, uh, running back Miles Montgomery, Sean Thomas jumped in, Cam Jones jumped in, uh, Justin Watley just entered, Sammy Anderson is expected to enter, George Uda entered. So they're up to about seven different guys, eight different guys. But Mason Fletcher did announce that he is going to be returning for uh, the 24 season, 24, 25 season. So overall, he dropped a great highlight reel for those who were wanting to know how he announced his return. It was a great highlight reel. But overall, we're up to about eight guys in the portal right now. And this is just the early half of the week. Like Scott Satterfield and did mention it post game after Kansas that they were going to be having these exit meetings early in the week, like we're only on Monday. I would expect a few more names to kind of pop in and hit the portal. But right now that's kind of where we're sitting at. It's about seven or eight guys already announced their intentions to hit the portal. 
Hey, JT, your, your thoughts on the impact of those guys getting in the portal? Are those huge impact guys? Honestly, a few of them are. Like um, Shaman Mateer, I think he's an NFL tight end, personally. Um, with the limited opportunities he got this year, I thought he performed very well. One of the better players on offense. Miles um, Montgomery is a very explosive back that can catch. And, you know, you can, he's a home run hitter. Uh, I think he's a very good running back. Uh, Sammy Anderson, um, before the injury, I thought he was going to be the best cornerback on the team. I mean, if anybody that if you know anybody that covers the team, they'll probably tell you the same. Uh, I think he's a very, very talented young man. Uh, Justin Watley, um, very, I think he's a very solid defensive lineman. Um, very impactful with his minute, with his time. Uh, I think those four. Just off the top of my head, I think those guys can wherever they go, they're going to be um, people with person that's in the rotation uh, immediately. Um, they pick the right school. So, I mean, I know when I know the old adage is, you know, if they're not with us, you know, forget them. But those those young men don't dismiss them because the Bearcats were three and nine. I think those those four are very, very talented for sure. And the other guys are solid. But I think those four are just uh are very good honestly like i'm not, um, just being honest my eye for seeing people play and stuff like that i think they're those four are very 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 good and we also have to talk about malik van obviously he was out of college eligibility but he did announce earlier today that he is preparing for the upcoming nfl draft so i mean and that's a huge centerpiece to what really was a key reason to success over the last few years i mean heck for people who remembered malik van was the guy who really started the hometown hero movement out of Fairfield, he had opportunities. He had offers from Bama, Oklahoma, all the big-name schools coming out of high school, but chose to stay right here in Cincinnati. Stayed here all six years, battled all kind of adversity. And then Sammy Anderson, if he doesn't get hurt this season in game one, I mean, I've, I've talked about this on the pod a few times, Meach, with JT and them. Sammy Anderson had his best spring and off-season ball that many cornerbacks have had in recent years. I mean – Leading before he got hurt during uh, that fall camp, he had probably about five or six interceptions in a two week span. So he was poised for a big season and he was really going to like anchor that secondary for the Bearcats in the secondary. But then he got knocked down with the injury and he wasn't able to bounce back from it. So those two big losses up front. And then miles, as JT mentioned, was a guy, I mean, we saw he had back-to-back weeks where he took, uh, runs of 40 plus to the crib. And I mean, one, he even hit, I think it was like clocked at like 21 miles an hour, which was like one of the fastest speeds in college football that week. So yeah. miles is a home run hitter. Justin Watley was a key piece to that defensive line, especially this year in that rotation. And those are some big name pieces. So it's going to get interesting. And Shaman Mater, I mean, it's not often you see a six foot six, 250 pound tight end run 20 miles an hour. It's not often you see that. So those are big, substantial losses. But overall, those are some guys, as JT mentioned, like if they pick the right school, they will be seeing plenty of opportunity uh, this upcoming season if they pick the right school to where they uh, go next. So, so JT, yep. in your opinion, why are these young men jumping in the portal? Honestly, uh, in my opinion, I would say more so like it could be fit, style. Like they, the young men try to sit, like try to – waited out because i mean right now they're, they're not technically satterfield guys so it's like maybe it's like okay i'm gonna give this a chance a fair chance and it's not 
you know, it's maybe I'm a square trying to fit into a circle peg, you know what I mean? Um, on the style. So I think that has something to do with it. Um, more so than anything. Uh, it's just like, Hey, you know, and then, um, that's, that's the main thing, man. Just might not fit fully. Like you like, I want to be used like this, but you know, you have a vision, you come in with another coach, you might have a certain vision and then, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm riding it out. Kind of like it here. And then maybe you don't, maybe stuff doesn't align for the young man and the coaches. So I, I think that's more what it is for um, the parties involved. So, and, and Neil, um, just word on the street or word on road. Do you know of any other players you think might be jumping in, getting in the portal? As of right now, I don't see, I don't know of anybody else, but the ones who did hit the portal today, some of those were expected guys. Okay. Hit the, portal. the ones that did today, obviously a couple of those, like we talked about, a couple of those guys were ones we, as media members probably could have saw coming, but you never know how these exit meetings go, especially nowadays in the college landscape of NIL could be a factor. If this isn't a new fit, like JT mentioned, most of these guys are thick guys who are still here. So obviously they took the chance. They built with this staff year one, but it's these exit meetings. You never know how they're going to go until you talk to your position coaches or your coaching staff. So it's always curious to see how these end of year things plan out. I mean, you look at college football right now. I mean, Kansas State just had three quarterbacks, all three from one down, enter the portal today. Dang. So, I mean, you never know how this college uh, transfer portal is going to go. So, anything will be thrown at you, and you just have to prepare for it at all times. Yeah. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Now, JT, should Bearcat fans be nervous? Uh, honestly, not yet. Um, reason why I say not yet is because – he has, we have to see how he's going to fill the portal, you know, um, fill it back because now he should be in guys that fit exactly what he's looking for in the, in the, in that um, staff. So if they don't pick the right guy, then that's when you can get nervous. But right now kind of got to give him the benefit of doubt. I know it's tougher coming off a three and nine year Bearcats haven't seen this kind of year since 20, no, they haven't. I mean, it wasn't it's even that 19, bad. With like ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, it's like ninety nine. So like even the the worst Tuberville year wasn't as bad as this. So, um, so people haven't seen this. So it, it's one game, but one game's you know a win. You know, but uh, so we'll see, man. We gotta see how he refills. If he refills right, then this will be all mute next year. Nobody even they'll remember it, but it'll be more of a a bump. If he doesn't fill in with the right people, then it will be something that will turn into a heel. You know what I mean? It'll be just a speed bump right now, but it could turn into a heel because it's definitely some talent that that has left already. And I'm guessing the portal hasn't even technically opened, and I'm pretty sure there'll be more just because it's just how college football is. I mean, you already got eight in there, you know, in the first within, what, 72 hours per se. Yeah. So there's going to be more. Um so I, I wouldn't technically worry yet, but I would definitely – people are going to be looking at how – who he brings in and how that fits, and then we, people are going to want to see how that looks on the field. And yeah. the good point, JT, you mentioned that, but people also forget, like, that the main thing they look at is winning losses. But if you look at coaches who are in their first year at new institutions this season in all of college football, their records are about the same 
three and nine, four and eight. There's about seven or eight coaches, big name coaches right there in that round, especially transforming to a new school and what this new landscape of college football is. People have to stick with the coaches. They have to build the process. They have to trust the process. This is not an easy thing. I mean, NIL landscape, hate to say it, it's basically free agency right now. A lot of schools got more money than other schools. That's how this new landscape is. So, I mean, you got to think they're trying to get the best players they can that fit their scheme and fit their style of play. But some schools have a slight higher advantage than what others. So, I mean, people have to kind of think like they have to take that into consideration. But just look at the stats. I mean, everyone's a big one. Everyone's comparing. Oh, look at Louisville now. But you look at Louisville now. Yes, they're thriving right now in a top 10 team. But you also got to think like look at the development Coach Satterfield did with those guys. So, I mean, you got to give him credit for developing that Louisville team. Yes, they brought in a couple transfers, but Satterfield knows what he's doing and his staff knows what he's doing. So Bearcats fans, you just got to be patient and trust the process. We promise you great things are ahead. And, and listen, I, I don't, you know, I don't claim to be the uh, most knowledgeable guy when it comes to, to football. I season tickets to UC football. I, I watch, I kind of defer to you, JT and Neil, when it comes to this football stuff. But a couple things come to mind when I think about, this first year for Coach Satterfield and kind of taking over. You know, I think about Fickle's first year. Fickle went four and eight. Fickle wins his first two games year one. Um, and I think year one, Fickle's, I think that Bearcat team lost at home like 16 to 40. Kind of very similar to what the Bearcats did versus Kansas, 16 to 49. So there was a big loss like that. <clears throat> and and they finished in Fickle's first year, they finished the season on a five-game losing streak. Then they turn around the next year and finish with the same record in four and eight. And then year three, 11 and one or 11 and two. two. And as JT says, cooking with grease. So, and, and, and I'm a firm believer. And you remember there's people that didn't want Fickle hired originally. That, that wasn't, in some people's eyes, that wasn't the home run hire. Uh, some people, Called it right and said this is the yeah. right guy. JT, the, sec the second year they, they overachieved. They overachieved because I, I think what happened, you got a last Tuberville year in there. The, the you got two, yeah, the four names Tuberville, and the first fickle was Tuberville, um, was uh, a four and eight. But then this next year, they went, they went, they won 10 games at least, I think. 11. I thought it was, yeah, it was 11 or 10. 11 and 2. The following year after the 11 and 2 season was the Peach Bowl season, then the college football playoff season. Yeah. And then even last year, they won nine. So, yeah. So, it, it, anytime you go through a transition of, of culture, new leadership, you know, it does take some time. So, yeah. 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 I, it's just one of those things where I think, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that, that Satterfield's going to be the guy that, that, you know, takes us to the promised land. But I know this history has shown me that I'm going to give the guy an opportunity and a chance, um, you know, to be successful. And, and like we talked about, if you get yeah. in the portal nowadays, you know, you, you can, you can really hit a home run with some kids that are, that are game changers. Yeah. And, and I don't know how you feel JT, but I, I, I personally think um, you, they have to really take a hard look at, um, Brody uh, Drogish as the starting quarterback for next year, year one. Now, I know, I think, JT, you've mentioned before that 
Satterfield has a guy coming in that that he's feeling pretty high about, correct? At quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Samaj Jones. Isn't that Jones, right? Um so yeah, that that's the key, man. I, I think I think Brady, I want to see him play this year. That's the one thing I was kind of like, why aren't they doing this? Um just because they had nothing to lose. Once you got got a bowl eligibility, I think you just <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. Um, I think you just gotta let him get the lumps out and you know speed the process up. I would have, um, but that's you know that's I'm not the coach and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, me, I'm the coach. I'm letting Drogosh, um get. I'm letting him play at least three games this year personally, and I'm just living with the results. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I think he his spring will be very interesting to me if he's one if he stays around. What, what, what so? I I hope he sticks around. Yeah, I, I I really do. I hope I hope he sticks around, given opportunities. Um, and, and JT and Neil, this is for both you guys. From a portal standpoint, if you're Coach Satterfield, what are the four, what are the four main spots you're addressing right off the bat? I'll start with this one, JT. I would okay. say you definitely address your tight end. Obviously, Peyton Singletary went down with an injury at the end of the season. They used four tight ends at different times this season. Barrick Falk suffered a season-ending injury. Peyton Singletary goes down. Shimon Mateer goes to the portal. They used a backup offensive lineman in Trevor Radozovich as a backup tight as a tight end the last few games, and basically used him as an extra blocker, which accelerated the run game. So I'm thinking you're looking at a a tight end. You definitely have to look at the cornerback the safety role. You definitely have to improve there in the secondary. I would defensive line. You're going to have to find a guy or develop a guy to replace Jawan Briggs because replacing a guy like Jawan Briggs is not going to be easy. I hate to say it, but the man is a freaking nature. We have all seen that. And then you have alongside Dante Corleone, which no one knows what he might be able to do yet. Obviously he is eligible for the draft because he's been in college for three seasons an All-American all the way around. So Dante Corleone, if he decides to come back, which everyone knows Dante loves Cincinnati, really supports the University of Cincinnati and loves being a Bearcat. But losing a guy like Juwan Briggs up front on the defensive line is huge, and then you lose a guy in Daniel Griziak up front. So they're losing a lot of guys on that defensive line as well. So I think you definitely got to go with a tight end, your secondary, and the cornerback, cornerback or safety aspect of things, defensive line, and I would say try to probably bring in a couple wide receivers because the wide receivers all are basically without eligibility as well. So I definitely think those are going to be the positions they try to add. JT? Yeah, I'll say first for me would be cornerback. They they have to address that. Um, you know, hopefully the people that stay are, you know, they get better as well, but they have to – put people's feet to the fire and get some competition there, a little bit more competition. I knew that was going to be a little bit interesting without, you know, with Sammy Anderson, you know, getting injured early for sure, but they definitely need that um, safety. So the whole defensive backfield, then I would say defensive line, they had to sprinkle in a couple of receivers as well. Tight end, hundred percent. I think they got to really look at that room as a whole to me personally. And then, um, 
I would say you may have, depending on what quarterback's available, you got to see what's going on. And depending on how, you know, how they feel about Drogosh. So that that's one thing that's, you don't know. They didn't let him play, so I don't know how they feel about him. So that doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. And then I don't think you want to have a true freshman get him the keys from the beginning as well. So I don't know how that's, how that's going to go. So I don't know, like, if they're going to look for – a stopgap quarterback for a year like they did with Emory, like Emory Jones, or do they trust Brady second year in the system to go ahead and roll with it? And then, you know, you wait for um, Samaj to be ready. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I think you may have to, I don't think you just get any quarterback. I think it has to be a person that can make an impact. Um, otherwise you just let Brady do his thing and go from there. But I think corner safety, D line receiver tight end, then you address quarterback. And, and listen, I, I I apologize. I did make that mistake when I was uh, giving my breakdown early. Thanks, JT, for for correcting that. That Fickle's first year was four and eight, and then the second year was eleven and two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mixed in the uh, four and eight prior with uh, Tuberville. No, I figured you did because I I remember that was it was rough times as a cover. <laughs> as, I mean, a, as a person a member of the media it was rough so mm-hmm. i i remember those i remember when stuff changed <laughs> yeah man back back to back four and eight games ain't fun not at all especially especially, all. especially in that weather those weather conditions you know in cincinnati Dog. that ain't no ain't fun at all what mm. real quick before before we uh get ready to sign off what were those? Were you covering when Tuberville was the coach? Were you in in media rooms with him? Yes. What What was that like? It was interesting because <laughs> you knew he. Was, I'm telling you, like I I used to be like, my guy don't care. Like I could tell everybody, like, nah, he's he's still. I'm like, nah, man, he don't care, bro. <laughs> like I could tell, like his vibe was, I don't care, like. I knew that it was. I need to see if I can find it's a uh, it's on a YouTube. I don't know if it's on my on the Bearcat in, when I was with Bearcat Insider or not, but I need to find it. It's a, it's a um post game where he say he building a program and he ain't trying to get no more Juco guys no more. It was crazy. It was like, bro, this is like one of the weakest uh classes we ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> he was like saying, like, I'm trying to build the right way. And it's those other stuff. I said, oh, my, my guy is, my guy is really stealing money. Like I was like, I'm like, he's stealing money. Like I, <laughs> I need to like, can he donate to me? Like he is. Still, <laughs> hey, it was crazy. Go ahead. Speaking <laughs> of stealing money, real quick. Um, and, and I did. I'm not saying this guy necessarily stealing money, but did you these buyouts NFL or uh, college coaches are getting oh, right now? Crazy. What, what crazy. Texas A&M buyout was what? 76. If you pay me 76 million, I'm gone. I'm gone. Bruh. I'm not even going to try to coach if you give me that much money to go home. Hey, Mm. if you pay me 76 million, I'm buying a yacht and I'm going away. Bruh, I'm not coaching for four years tops. Hey, forget buying the yacht. I'm buying the ocean. I'm buying the (laughs) (laughs) Name the ocean after me. (laughs) If you buy me out for that much, I will still, I'll come and still support the program. (laughs) <laughs> JT in the crowd cheering like, yeah. They're like, did you just get fired, bro? I'm cool. Like, yeah, that, I'll that, be a top donor for a year. That direct deposit still hit my boy. Hey, I will be there. 
man. I wouldn't even care. I've got this whole business model thing down the wrong way because the, the, the business model is make it to where you're a, a college football coach that has a crazy buyout and get fired. Just get fired. Just don't care. Like once you get there, you just have one good year where they got to pay you again and then just flop out. <laughs> Especially if Jimbo can get that 70, he'll get it 76 million. And then if another coaching job comes in and he can pocket that might dude he is just imagine if he if he just wastes a year and he's still gonna get the money he's still gonna get the money and he can double up just imagine bro like you'd be like texas a&m still playing me and if he going to get real petty i don't know he got fired so he might can't go sec but he might try to get somebody that could put him on a schedule <laughs> yeah that's uh try to play him every year like Grammy. i mean just his name holds weight so i mean Heck, even if he takes a smaller job or something like that, schools gonna want to pet schools will want to play him. So I mean, just because the name he has, L. I mean, he's gonna get a couple M's even if he take a downgrade. He could he could go and do TV for a year and get paid good money. True, and then go take a college job after a year of doing TV. That might be the that might be the real player move right there. That, that's the new kind of route people are taking. I mean, Dan Mullen did it from Florida. Urban Meyer did it. It's yep. still doing it. So, I mean, that's the new kind of route people are taking. So, would not be surprised to see Jimbo in a studio. Well, remember Sean McVay from the L.A. He Rams. also did it. He was offered a – he didn't do it, but he was offered – remember, he was offered that big – a lot of money to leave the oh, ring yep. to, uh, you know, do the TV stuff. I was going to get paid quite a bit. So, man, those buyouts are something else, man. Man. We need a we need a we need a podcast buyout. <laughs> That'd be fire. He's like, you can just create another one. <laughs> <laughs> the Twyman segment is the Twyman segment is sponsored by you got me cracking up. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local, locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apart and pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact on the web at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hoodnett Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And we want to remind Bearcat fans we will do a live podcast from Meals during one of the Bearcat away games this season. And I recently did a podcast um, – before the Georgia Tech game with uh, members of the Nasty Natty basketball team. I had Coriante DeBerry, Mamadou Diara, Kane Broom, and Kevin Johnson show up. And, fellas, they were fantastic. The place was packed. Man, we had a we had a, we had a great time. They t- talked about uh, the Nasty Natty, and Kevin Johnson's doing a tremendous job. Uh, re-engaging a lot of those Mick Cronin era players and getting them back involved with the Nasty Natty and the, and the basketball program. So so that's great to see. And it was great to then go to Fifth Third Arena and watch the UC put it on uh, Georgia Tech. So always great. Fellas, um, I'm off to San Francisco. 
So you guys uh, hold it down while I'm gone. Hold down a Natty JT, Neil. Yes, plan. sir. Yes, sir. And you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! Bearcats!